Jean Vanier celebrated his 90th birthday last month. Now, some people call him a living saint. His life's work has worked miracles in the lives of people pushed to the furthest margins of Western society, the people we used to call retarded, mentally handicapped, deficient. To Jean Vanier and in the large communities that he has founded, they're just people, whole people, and they're at the center. Now, great faith and potential sanctity seem to run in the Vanier family. Fans of his parents, Georges and Pauline, once proposed both of them for sainthood. And I expect Jean Vanier will be nominated soon after his death. But no one gets away with making a fuss over Jean Vanier in his presence. And on September 10th, when people gathered to congratulate him on his birthday, he said, I'm just somebody who was born 90 years ago and will die in a few years' time, and then everybody will have forgotten me. This is reality. We are all here, but we are just local people, passengers on a journey. We get onto the train, we get off of the train. Train goes on. Now, behind his back, he's hailed as a great man. In a CBC poll a few years ago, he made number 12 on a long list of great Canadians. He's received many awards, including the Templeton Prize, which is kind of the Nobel for religion. There's even an asteroid named Jean Vanier. Now, throughout his life, he has rejected what he calls the normal, la normalité. It's the standard by which his friends in L'Arche are judged abnormal. The normal is a philosophy of life that values achievement, influence, winning, attractiveness to others, having privileges, and it's implicit in Western culture, and it shapes our ideals and defines greatness for us. It drives advertising, and whether we will admit it or not, it influences our decisions about the value of possessions, relationships, and people. In the shadow of the normal, people, the members of large communities, have negative value. To many people, they're a burden on families, a drain on community resources. Well, if that's all they are, so are all the people we help through Arise and Boarding Homes Ministries through Evangel Hall in Portland Place, and throughout of the cold. And Vanier writes of the ways disabled people internalize the normal. It's in their hearts. And so they judge themselves and believe they are of little or no value. Well, so do many of the people we help through a rise in boarding homes and Evangel Hall in Portland Place and out of the cold. In our gospel today, we discover that Jesus' disciples live by the normal, at least a couple of them do. Some of them, when you think of it, didn't have very much to leave behind when they left home and followed Jesus. And becoming attached to a rabbi who just seems to get more famous every day, it's definitely an upward move. They see the crowds, they see the signs and wonders that Jesus causes, sometimes just by his presence or by a word. And even the trouble he gets into seems to say that he's on his way to a showdown 
and he'll win. They pay attention when he talks of glory and of things that will come after that showdown. At least the word kingdom sticks for them. So to get ready for the kingdom come, James and John want to make sure they'll be as near the top as possible. After all, every kingdom has its elite, its hierarchy. Jesus replies to their rude request, talking about his path to glory, the cup, the baptism, the pain, the loss, the loss of life itself. Can you take this on with me, right here on my left hand and my right? Of course, they say, without a thought. Oh, they'll face their own fates after Jesus, but they won't earn seats in the throne room. Jesus points right at the normal. He says, you know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them. The Romans, for example. And surely his disciples get that. And then Jesus says, but it is not so among you. Well, it is so among them, at least for James and John. In the vocabulary of the normal, up is good, down is bad. We look up to people we admire, we look down on people we don't approve of. And those who succeed fly high, and those who fail fall hard. And when we've successfully created something, or someone we love has been successful, we talk about our pride and joy. We're elated, elevated, inflated. We use humble to describe smallness, relative insignificance. We call a small house, one we might wish were bigger, a humble home. If the work isn't highly valued and not well paid, even if it's necessary, we say it's a humble occupation. There's nothing wrong with pride when it's justified. And there's nothing wrong with humility either. But which one are we more likely to aim for. Now, the origin of the word humble is the same as for the word human. It's humus. And we still use that root to describe fertile soil. According to Genesis, it's where we came from. It's what we're made of. But we have to look down to see it. We have to get down to touch it. We have to get all the way down to reconnect with it, to plant something, to participate in the miracle of life, to reconnect with our source of nourishment and strength. Let's hear those words again. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. So the way to look good, to be great in Jesus' eyes, isn't to look up, climb up, soar up to greatness. Jesus says the path to greatness is a downward journey. The journey Jean Vanier began when he looked down from the heights of achievement, wealth, and education. He had everything the normal says is best. And one of Vanier's most popular books is called Becoming Human from serving and working alongside, learning from people who simply can't pretend to be anything more than who they are, 
He says he discovered to be free is to put justice, truth, and service to others over and above our own personal gain, our need for recognition, power, honor, and success. So this is the paradox of the Christian life. Jesus knew normal. Up is down, great is small, and last is first. One of Vanier's deceptively simple discoveries is to be human is to accept who we are, which we can't do if our lives are driven by the normal. Even if we resist with all our hearts, we can't tune out all the calls to try to get more, keep more, be more, more than others, more than we really are. In and around Bethlehem, there are places where tourists are told Jesus was born, and one of those places, the most famous, is inside a really big, really old church. And when you go into a place like that, there is usually a guide or at least a sign to tell you to take your hat off. Well, I got my hat knocked right off my head when I walked into the Church of the Nativity. The door to the church is four foot two tall and about two feet wide. And not much more than that, really. It's called the door of humility. You have to crouch down, bend down, look down to go through it. Approach the holy place, come to Jesus in humility. That's the story. About a thousand years ago, the door was made small so that raiders on horseback couldn't get inside. Some of them wanted to desecrate the shrine. Some of them just wanted to get away from the crusaders. But going into the Church of the Nativity is physically a downward journey, and you go further down if you want to see the place they say it all happened. Jesus says the humble will be exalted. The exalted will be humbled. His brother, the other James, tells us to humble ourselves before the Lord, and he will lift us up. So leave the measuring of greatness to God. Now, can Jesus say to us, it is not so among you? Do we live in the freedom of Jesus' new normal, or does the power, what Vanier calls the tyranny of the normal, reign at Glenview? One of the speakers in the Being Presbyterian video that some of us shared in on Wednesday reminded us that we come together in this place so we can practice being faithful disciples to help us be faithful disciples in our daily living beyond the safety of the gathered congregation. We all stand tall, as tall as we can, when we step through the doors of this church, and we can leave the burden of the normal behind us. We can shed the value that is assigned to us, the taunts and temptations, the bravado, the false pride that we often project to protect ourselves. We can leave all of that out there on the sidewalk and maybe a puff of wind will blow it away. But whoever we are or think we are or have been told we are out there, in here, we're all the same. God's love meets no measures, knows no limits, 
and assigns real worth to us all. And one more thing. Jesus tells James and John it's not up to him who will sit at his right hand and his left in kingdom come. The seats are reserved for others. Now hold that old image of the throne room, and the next time you are tempted to look down on someone, look up and imagine them sitting there right beside Jesus. Amen. Glory to God.